0: Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 60, the big six zero. We have hit another milestone here on the Weekly Spiral, and we are excited to talk about NFL news as well as winners and losers from the past week, and then take a look into some games of the week coming up for the next week in football. Um, I have my co hosts with me here today, as per usual, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How are you guys
1: doing?
2: Pain. Um, all I feel is pain. <laughs> That's all I feel pain. right now.
1: Yeah, the Packers want to buy, so I was immune to any... Uh, sadness or or excitement you know this last this last week but there were some some really good college games there were some Mm -hmm. pretty good NFL games as well so I was entertained I just did not have a uh, horse in the race this week
0: yeah you were you're were not emotionally invested in anything going on here but um you, you probably won the bye week i mean you know with with uh devonte adams getting another week to heal and and hopefully come back for the sake of my fantasy team um yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it was a good week in football i mean you know obviously not all of our teams won the teams that did play, but uh, some lost worse than others, and we'll dive into that a little bit here <laughs> in a little bit. But let's talk about some NFL news um, that we had. We had some interesting storylines, the first of which I want to touch on is Dan Quinn finally being let go after an 0-5 start. What do we think about this, and potentially who do we think might be a good uh, good replacement candidate for the Falcons?
1: Um, I mean, I, f- I find it—it it was it was long overdue, I think— Um, especially since the Super Bowl, they've really underperformed overall. Um, But they're doing like a total uh, house cleaning mid-season, which strikes me as a little bit weird because they also fired the the GM, Thomas Dimitrov, and they fired their special teams coordinator. So those are three big pieces of that team that are gone. And if you uh, want any hope of salvaging the season, uh, which maybe they don't, they just want that first overall pick or something, Um, you know, those, those are some big shoes to fill, regardless of whether they were good or not, just the workload wise, uh, it's quite the, the hole to, to fill and, and make things work for the rest of the season. Uh, if they were going to do that, I would have just said, do it last off season and restart then not don't do it five weeks into the season and and leave your coaching staff that's left hamstrung and, and unable to, you know, prepare correctly because they're short staffed.
2: Yeah, you never want to fire a coach this early, but when you're Dan Quinn and you're already on the hot seat and, you know, your division is tough, it's kind of with the white flag now. You're admitting that, okay, you have no chance of winning the division or making the playoffs. You have some talent on the team. Uh, You have a good quarterback. You have great receivers. I mean, 10 of their 11 offensive starters are first-round picks, which is absolutely crazy. But if you're Dan Quinn and you're a defensive coach, you're expected to hold that side down. And their defense was terrible. And their offense hasn't been great the last two weeks. After Owen 5 start, uh, it's not surprising. Raheem Morris is now their interim coach. I don't think he's their long-term answer. But, you know, you get 11 games to see what you got from him, And also, like, 11-week head start on your coaching search.
0: Yeah, I think we've touched on this many times. The Falcons have always been a topic of conversation on this podcast. This team on paper should be good. Every year we kind of come in and we, we look at this team's depth chart and, and there's talent. I mean, there's, like you mentioned, there's a lot of first round picks. You have Matt Ryan, who's, I mean, he was an MVP quarterback not, not too long ago. Uh, Julio Jones, probably one of the best receivers in history. Uh, and they're just underperforming. I mean, they've lost five games. They've lost three of those by one score um, in a competitive fashion. I mean, the, the way they lost to the Cowboys, for instance, that's that's that comes down to coaching. Yep. You know, if you have a better coach, you hold that lead and you don't give up a, a, an insane comeback. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, you lost to the Bears who are kind of overperforming uh, what you might expect. You lost to the Panthers, who maybe they're legit. I mean, but, you know, if if they win those three games, the Bears, the Panthers, and then they don't give up that comeback to to the Cowboys, Dan Quinn probably still has a job. So, um I think those are the close games. Those are the games where you can kind of pin it on coaching. And then you got the games, you know, Falcons lost to the Packers. That was a little bit more understandable. The Packers are on a roll and uh, they won by two scores. Or the Seahawks, same situation. Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind. But it's these close games. And this is not a new narrative for the Falcons. This has been happening historically for the past few years, um, ever since they really choked that lead in the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know. I think it's it's time for maybe not a rebuild, but a retooling in, in Atlanta and maybe this is their way of saying let's just tank this season. 0-5 five's not doing anything for anyone. Maybe we can get Trevor Lawrence. Matt Ryan is going to be a free agent soon. Maybe we bring in Trevor Lawrence and kind of just start over with the talent we have. I mean, we still got Calvin Ridley. You know, there's still there's still a decent amount of talent on this team. Um so, I think I think it's a it's a good strategy for them since this season is essentially lost.
2: Yeah, I agree with the fact you said that they shouldn't rebuild or they retool cuz you do have talent. I mean, they're not that far away from being a playoff team. I think that's why this job is very appealing because you do have a quarterback. You know, yesterday, the owner, Arthur Blank, came out and said, head coach will get a blank slate. Whatever they want to do, they can do. But I think, you know, you have your quarterback, you have your receivers, your offensive line isn't terrible. So you have some pieces there. You just gotta invest in younger defensive players and make an impact. But I do think they'll look for an offensive head coach. The last two head coaches they've had on the defensive side of the ball, Dan Quinn, and before that, Mike Smith. So I think it's time to maybe bring in some offense, some firepower, some creativity in Atlanta. And I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs next year. I think they're a good team, just need some some fire, need some passion behind them.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at the the drop-off since really Shanahan left on the offensive side of the ball. They've been able to score, but not at the rate that they were scoring when Shanahan was there and orchestrating things. Uh, and I think, like we've said, they have really good top-tier talent. Like, their ones are very good, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But then after you get past those guys, uh, there's not a lot of depth on that team. Yeah. So I think that's sort of why you see them, you know, perform pretty well in the first halves usually. They're, they're in games. And then as the game goes along, they just cannot put their backups in a position where they are protected or uh, able to be uh, effective players. Uh, and that's where you, you sort of see that later round drafting that really comes into play. And, and I guess the the GM did not do a good enough job in that department. So it uh, seems like they had more than enough opportunity after that Super Bowl loss to, to get things back on track. And they didn't.
0: Yeah, they didn't. But they might. I mean, if I'm Eric Bienemy, if I'm Josh McDaniels, maybe even some college head coaches, this is a yeah. pretty good opportunity, I think. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons, like we touched on, like Durgan mentioned, they're not... Far from being back in contention, no. and if they tank and get either a number one pick, which can turn into a, a treasure chest of draft picks if somebody wants to trade up, and you still want Matt Ryan or you take in your quarterback of the future, whatever it may be, um, you know, a losing season this season with a new head coach next could put them in a position to succeed for a while. So yep. it'll be interesting, and I I, have a, I want to pose a question to you guys. I think we posted it on on Instagram as a poll, but. What do you think is the better opportunity, vacancy, I'll say, for a head coach um, opportunity? I I don't know what the the right word is. Head coach, which if you were a head coach, here's how how I'll phrase it. (laughs) If you were a head coach and you had your choice between the Falcons or the Texans, which team would you want to, to coach for?
2: Well, I will say the Instagram poll was very close. Actually, I was kind of surprised by That's it. That's why I'm asking. But, but I think it was like 56-44 percent in favor of the Titans. But I voted for the Falcons the because Texans, the Titans. I'm I'm picking the Falcons, but Texans yeah, were yeah, the yeah. ones on Instagram that were favored. But I think yeah, the no, you Falcons... said you said that- Titans, so you oh. confused me there for a well, second. <laughs> after this, <COVID laughs> spread I think Vrabel's for the Titans- got his job. Well, still after this COVID spread, who knows with uh, Vrabel anymore? But That's besides the true. point, uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm going with the Falcons. For the sole fact they have first-round picks this year, a little more cap space, and the fact you aren't tied down to the quarterback. Yes, Deshaun Watson is a great player, but you're stuck with him. If for some reason you don't like him and you don't want pieces around him, you have, you're, you're, that's what you have. But if you're the Falcons and for some reason you, know, you don't like Matt Ryan, but you love Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or you want to get rid of Julio Jones, move him for a few draft picks, whatever it may be, you have a lot more flexibility. And also, I think that NFC South division, the Bucks, their window is pretty small. The Saints, their window, who knows how long that's going to last. Panthers are on the up and up, but the Falcons have a lot more talent than the Panthers. So I think the Falcons' True. job is a slightly more appealing. Both are very good, in my opinion, but Falcons slightly more appealing.
1: What do you think, KJN? I mean, I think the Texans are what the Texans are right now, and they're going to be that way for the next two or three years just because they're a little bit overload leveraged with their uh, their contracts and draft pick situation, uh, Miami Haslows, um, and they paid big money to uh, Laramie Tunsil and Deshaun Watson, and uh, now they're taking on a, a big contract from David Johnson and uh you spent a second round pick on brandon cooks and uh now you got no draft picks you don't really have a ton of flexibility in free agency so if you think you can win with that team as it is right now um i think you have a stud quarterback the only worry i would have about atlanta is if uh, you don't have a quarterback of the future if matt ryan i mean matt Ryan's like 35 36 right now so if he plays two or three more years, I think that's sort of what is on his his contract, and there's a lot of dead money on that contract from what I understand. So you can't really trade him or cut him uh, without taking a huge cap hit. Um, so that would worry me if I'm a offensive head coach going into Atlanta, not knowing what my quarterback of the future is. Now if Atlanta does poorly this season and has a you know a pick that's can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, I don't know that I would want to sit one of those guys for 3 years. Um, but if you have a guy that's in the wings ready to take over when Matt Ryan is done, then I think Atlanta's clearly the better of the two options because they just have so much more flexibility on the roster side of the ball. Totally agree. I think you hit the nail
0: on the head. The the deciding factor for me is really just the ability as a head coach to come in and have the resources to build something that I want around the system that I'm going to implement. Right. And in Houston, you're just not necessarily capable of doing that. I mean, you can try in free agency, um, but it's there. The lack of draft picks is going to impact that head coaching decision potentially. So I would, I would probably pick the Falcons as well. Um, I don't know how many more years. I think Matt Ryan has like one year left maybe. And then there's an opt out
2: yeah he has one more year and then you can cut him still him a lot of money but it's manageable to get out of and i think you can still trade matt ryan to a team i mean i'm sure as hell obviously his performance the niners would be calling for matt ryan <laughs> if he was available so uh he, he's he's not a wash he there he has some value in the market
0: sure yeah, yeah. i mean and he's still talented let's let's not get yeah. it wrong oh, we, we've kind of We've seen him perform at a high level not too long ago. It's just, you know, was it his production or was it the coaching? You know, what was what has caused these losses? I don't know necessarily, but Matt Ryan still has it. And I think uh, he can still compete at a high level on, on a different team, like the Niners, for instance. Um, but I would pick the Falcons as well. I like this situation more. I think across the board, they're more talented on defense as well. Um, you look at, like, Tack McKinley, Grady Jarrett, Dante Fowler, Deion Jones, A. J. Terrell is a promising young cornerback, Keanu Neal. I mean, there's there's just a lot of pieces yeah. on this defense, which is another reason why it's inexcusable that they're not playing well because Dan Quinn is a defensive coach. And if you can't coach your young talent to play well consistently, what are you doing? Like what is your purpose? So, um, it's it's a good it's a good thing for the Falcons organization long term and like i said it's not time for a rebuild it's time for a retool and and it's best it's probably what's best for their future um let's dive into another piece of news unfortunate really 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 unfortunate piece of news um you know i'm not a cowboys fan i've been very vocal about that i'm the opposite of a cowboys fan but you never want to see something like we saw this past weekend with dak prescott uh ankle injury out for the season i think he had surgery already very unfortunate he was having a career year and he was in line to make a lot of money as a result i think he was leading the league in yards at like 1800 yards when he when he got injured um really really sad and unfortunate to see and you kind of felt that in, in the game and, and, and around the league from all the tweets from players and stuff um what do you guys think how, what are the implications for the cowboys i mean they have arguably one of the best backups in the league but what do you th- how do you think this impacts their yeah. season and in, in what is a, probably the worst division in football
2: it's, uh, I mean, it's terrible. Dak Prescott, if there's any silver lining, uh, the recovery process apparently is only going to take four to six months, which is a long time. But after seeing that injury live immediately, I thought, okay, Alex Smith 2.0, this guy's career might be done. Um, but luckily, it seems like he's going to make a comeback. He's going to be okay eventually. Uh, in terms of the Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott is their future. They got to pay him. But that being said, if Andy Dalton comes in and lights it up, and you know leads it to the playoffs, you're stuck in a kind of awkward position, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think the easy answer is Dak Prescott. You got to pay him. Uh, he deserves the money because he's this heart and soul of your team. Has played great. But if Andy Dalton comes in and you can pay him half or a fraction of what you can pay Dak, and he gives you eight wins this year. I don't, I don't know. It's a tough decision uh, for Jerry Jones, but it, it, it's just sad for Dak Prescott overall.
1: Yeah, it is kind of weird to me. There's a lot of Cowboys hate, but it seems like everyone also simultaneously loves Dak Prescott. Like No one ever has a bad thing to say about him as a player or as a person, uh, and it seems like he's a very strong uh, presence in the community and what he did for mental health and, and coming out about, out about his depression and, and all that kind of stuff with skip skip Bayless and staying strong with it and being a leader um, so it sucks to see that happen especially to a guy that uh, uh, was playing so well but this is exactly why players hold out so if you feel bad about doc Prescott getting hurt but you also feel like people are selfish for holding out and wanting long-term contracts uh, those things don't go together so Uh, Dak wanted security he didn't get a deal that he felt comfortable with from Jerry Jones Um, so they put the franchise tag on him and now he's going to be a free agent after this year Uh, so he got whatever 31 million guaranteed but uh, you know he has no long-term security and and that's more money than any of us will probably ever touch but uh, (laughs) it's still you know he's putting his body on the line he's subjecting himself to that kind of injury when he goes out there even uh, even on the practice field uh, and he's worked his whole life to get to this point. So, uh, you know, definitely earned a contract in my eyes. I mean, I think five games is enough to to say to me, like, you know, this guy was why they were competitive for their, I know they have one win with him at the quarterback position um, before they beat the Giants, but... Uh, he was the reason they were competitive because, I mean, they're, they're, their offensive line is very shaky now. They're missing both of their tackles. Uh, that defensive secondary is just a disaster. Uh, they can't stop anybody, and uh, they're asking him to do a lot, and he rose to the occasion and did do a lot. So uh sucks to see him go down. Um, unfortunately for him, that division is so bad that I think Andy Dalton will— perform at the Andy Dalton average line and we will probably win that division considering the the mess that that division is um it really kind of just depends to me on whether the the Eagles can string together a couple of wins and maybe get those tiebreakers over the Cowboys like they did last year in the in the head-to-heads and and pull one out but uh it really still feels like Dallas's division to lose because Andy Dalton's probably the best backup in the league and uh, a long time starter
0: Yeah, it's definitely Dallas' to lose. And, you know... the Eagles have a really tough schedule as well, which doesn't help. And I think it kind of plays right into Dallas's hand. They were smart in, in getting Andy Dalton and, and you're seeing exactly why. And I mean, you're also seeing why you see players like Patrick Mahomes signing 10 year deals and things like this. And people are saying, well, you you lost out on long-term money or, I mean, the flip side is what if something like this happens or God forbid, something like we're going to talk about Alex Smith next who, who returned to NFL action, something like that. That's even worse, you know, then you lose everything. So, um, it's it's unfortunate the timing of it because it, they should have had a deal worked out already and Dak Prescott probably should have been paid already and locked into his, his contract. Um, and if, I think I think at the end of the day, it's a, it's the type of thing where Dak Prescott will come back. It'll take some time, but he'll come back and be just as good as he was. Um, the question is whether that not playing the rest of these games costs him some money in that in that uh, in those negotiations. Um, and, and only time will tell. We'll see what happens there. But let's talk about another player Durgan mentioned, um, return to NFL action this week, uh, Alex Smith. Somebody who we... It was the, it was questions whether he would even be able to to ever come back, and we just saw him return to NFL action. Did he play well? Probably. I mean, not really. He, he doesn't look necessarily ready to come back, but it's a miracle in and of itself that he saw the field after potentially not even being able to to keep his his leg not even being able to i mean his life was literally at risk because of the injury that he had on the field so really really inspiring story to see him come back do we think he is the answer though for washington i mean will he be able to play and and is he going to be the starter for the rest of the season if kyle allen can't go
2: um i i say no i mean kyle allen's injury isn't that serious it appears luckily i think he might be playing this week but alex smith like you said didn't look too great And, to be fair, he can't move that well right now. And that offensive line isn't very good. And his skill players, besides uh, Terry McLaurin, aren't very good either. So, he's kind of a sitting duck, especially when Aaron Donald is breathing down your neck. So, he's kind of uh, in in a tough spot. But it doesn't make a difference, in my opinion, because he came back. And that game I was watching on Red Zone, and she has a wife. And his kids in the stand, and his wife was in tears. As he goes back in there, and they're saying how he he didn't come back for the money. He didn't really come back even for football reasons. He came back because he wanted to show his kids that you know anything is possible. Never give up. If you put anything your mind to it, you can achieve it. So it was a great story. Uh, I'm an Alex Smith fan. He's, I mean, he's still a great backup. I wish he wasn't in Washington and somewhere better. But uh, it's a great story overall. And whatever he does for us this year... I think everybody is going to be a fan of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were rumors even before the game that Ron Rivera actually preferred Alex Smith to end Mm -hmm. up being the starter. Um, And they were saying during the broadcast that Kyle Allen was cleared medically to go back in and Ron Rivera kept Alex Smith in anyways. Um, which uh, made me nervous looking at how that offensive line yes. was performing. And, uh, you know, there were people around his feet and jumping on him. Aaron Donald went for a little piggyback ride on his back, like, <laughs> within the first series. And, like, you're, you're keeping that guy out there? It's a trial by fire. But I guess you get the jitters out and realize, okay, I got smacked around by some uh, really good players on that Rams defensive line, and I held up fine. Um, but remember, I mean, he didn't look fantastic. But he hasn't played football in two years, so um, and uh, on top of that, wasn't taking the starters reps this this week as well. Um, I think with Dwayne Haskins sort of seeming to be on the way out uh, and on the trade block, I think he's sort of the guy for this season. And if he starts getting back to form a little bit, I don't see why they can't uh, put together a few wins. I don't know if it's going to be enough to win the division or be competitive, but. Uh, I, I certainly think he's going to offer them more than Kyle Allen would um, at this point. So. But really cool to see him back, and uh, hopefully he stays healthy and uh, sort of gets back in the groove if he ends up being the starter. Yeah, absolutely. You can't help but root for the guy. I mean,
0: one of the most inspiring stories, I think, in our lifetime when it comes to overcoming adversity in football. And, um, you know, wish him nothing but the best. Hopefully it works out in Washington. And if not, hopefully he finds another home. But let's move on here. We have winners and losers for the past week. Let's kind of dive into these um, and discuss who we think were winners first. So I'll start with Durgan. Durgan, who do you think was a winner this past week and why?
2: Yeah, it was kind of tough picking winners because I think there wasn't on paper, that many good games this week. Uh, some of them didn't end up being better than I expected. But uh, I'm going to give some recognition to a team that's 4-0. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat the Eagles. I know we've talked about Eagles in the past. Cyrus has noted their struggles. And yeah, they're not a good team. <laughs> but no, they're not a good team, but you look at how they beat the Eagles. I mean, Chase Claypool is their fourth receiver, and he had four touchdowns. So this offense can beat you in so many ways. Uh, the receivers' corp is really deep. James Conner isn't elite like we thought he was going to become, uh, like two years ago when he had a really strong season. But he's good enough to choose some clock at the end of games. Physical runner, uh, throwing that defense. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Stephon Tuitt, Cam Hayward. I think defense like when you Super Bowl. And the AFC North is a very tough division. But right now they're at the top, and they play the Browns this week, which is going to be a huge game. I think we're going to talk about that a little later. But if they can win that game, five and zero. I mean, I think at this point you have to consider them one of the best teams in the whole league, not just AFC. Yeah, well, I, uh,
0: go ahead, Casey. I feel like we're on the same thought train, <laughs> but I'll let you. I'll let you take it away.
1: I was just gonna say they've beaten teams that have a combined three wins on the season. There you go. Hey. So they've they've beaten the Giants, they've beaten the Broncos, they've beaten the Texans, and they've beaten the Eagles.
2: They don't get scheduled. That's, they play who they're scheduled against.
1: They played who they played, and then they gave up twenty nine points to an Eagles offense that uh, you know Cyrus is a diehard fan. I didn't even know Travis Fulgham was a yeah. person. Yeah. Show some week respect, ago. man. Not Travis a week Fulgham. ago, three Old weeks Dominion ago.
2: Represent first of all. Okay, multiple
1: okay.
0: weeks ago, but totally on board with with this take, Casey. And I'm I got you. I got your back on this.
1: Go for it. No, I was going to let you take it. That oh, that was okay. basically I my here. take. I I'm uh, tentative to crown them just yet. Listen,
0: Durgan, your favorite position on the defense, linebacker, right? Yep. The Steelers did a phenomenal job at exploiting that. Chase Claypool. I mean, there was one play where they they lined him up, and we for some reason decided to match up Nate Gary on him. Nate Gary is terrible. Oh my god, is he, he terrible? Is so Literally, bad probably the worst player on the field for us on defense Uh, it's interesting because the Steelers won this game how they don't normally win games I mean their defense didn't play phenomenal like it Mm -hmm. it played they played well they did their job but they didn't play at an elite level at that Super Bowl level that you're claiming that they can be um you know you let Miles Sanders bust off like a 70 yard touchdown run that dude's that dude's legit by the way I'm just saying Miles Sanders beast oh yeah uh if you want to see why Casey did a breakdown on YouTube very insightful but uh this Steelers team listen I'm with Casey on this. They beat who they're supposed to beat. That's fine. They have not been truly tested yet. I mean, this Eagles team is not a good team. I mean, if these previous games have told you anything, I think it's, at bare minimum, this is an average team at best, which unfortunately might be good enough to win the division, but we'll see what happens with that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, you allowed a guy, Travis Fulgham, who I think was like a six-round draft pick for the Lions a while ago, to have 152 yards, a touchdown, and 10 receptions on you. Which, if you're an elite defense, I mean, you don't really let scrubs that barely play do that kind of thing, have career games. This dude balled out. I mean, Chase Claypool did as well, but we're not playing well, so it's different. This is this is a Steelers defense that's supposed to be in another league than the, the Eagles defense, right? So, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not necessarily sold on the Steelers. I think they're a good team. Um... I still think they're kind of figuring things out. I think that their offense kind of uh, played a little bit better than than what I would have expected. But the defense didn't really show me what I would be used to seeing. I mean, TJ Watt had a sack. whoop de doo He gets sacks. But I don't know. I'm not convinced after watching this game. Yes, they won. Yes, they won. Uh, I mean, we know (laughs) that. But
2: they won. Correct. But they didn't win how I thought they would win. It just shows you they can beat you several ways. Defense is off night. Big Ben doesn't look as you know, bad as we thought he was going to look. I Maybe mean, I not had the arm strength he did, but hey, took advantage of the poor linebackers and secondary of the Eagles and found the open guy, who is Chase Claypool, who looks like a stud, by the way. He looked really good, even if he does have Nate Gary, uh, guardian. him. Sure, but
0: I mean, we're talking about a team that barely beat Jeff Driscoll and the Broncos. They, they beat Houston by one score um and then you kind of beat philadelphia unconvincingly in my opinion so i don't know there's still there's still things to be proven for the steelers team i think this week we'll see maybe the clowns
2: this is the week the okay. clowns you the mean browns, the browns? Well, the clowns
0: yeah the playoff bound cleveland browns under <laughs> oh, stephanie <gosh. laughs> oh man we'll talk about that later that's one of the games of the week but uh i'm sure we can kind of pick up on the same conversation casey
1: what about your winner let's talk about that Uh, Well, there was a pretty obvious one for me, and that was the Las Vegas Raiders knocking off the defending Super Bowl (laughs) champions. Hey, the bandwagon, still got room. You know, a a few people jumped off. You know, I was dragging my feet off the end. I was just holding on to the end, seeing if they had any last gasp of air there. And, uh, you know, I did a little pull-up, and now I'm back on the train. So uh, they went and won a track meet with with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that's why they went and drafted Ruggs um and it all sort of came together on sunday for them uh, Ruggs had a, a big day with over 100 yards and a touchdown darren waller looked good uh josh jacobs still hasn't had a breakout game aside from week one but he played pretty well Derek carr made some really money throws and they gave themselves a shot to stay competitive in the afc west like that division is not locked up um Especially with the way the chargers are finding ways to lose games and the Broncos look bad, you know, it's you can sort of bank those wins if you're the Raiders and now you have at least one tiebreaker over the, the Chiefs depending on the later matchup. Um, but that's a, that's a really big moment in the franchise, especially for Gr- John Gruden and and the direction that they're headed. Um, you know, beating the, the chiefs is is a big step forward. Cleveland Farrell played well. the, the defense uh, did a pretty good job overall and uh you know the the things might be looking up they lost to two good teams they lost to the patriots and the bills who are two very very well thought of uh afc contenders and uh they were competitive in those games and now they are beating the chiefs here so i think th- the season is still in front of the raiders they can still accomplish everything they wanted to accomplish
2: this is a typical raiders win in my opinion guess a good team gets their fan base their delusional fan base by the way all fired up, all happy, and then somehow they come crashing down and they'll lose to the Broncos or they'll lose to another bad team. That being said, though. Like the Dolphins? I mean, we're, we're going to get to that later. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, for Raiders, I mean, hey, good for them. You know, it's the, the new kid on the block, the young kids, the ones that are trying to prove themselves, the Chiefs lend them a win, gave them one, handed them a win, said, here you go, happy Halloween, here you go, present. So, uh, good for them. And finally, Derek Carr finally took some deep shots, which was probably the most impressive thing about this game. He finally used Henry Ruggs. Nelson Aguilar all of a sudden learned how to catch. So, good for the Raiders. I don't think it'll last too long. But they'll, they'll they'll be a playoff contender this year. I think they'll miss it, but they'll be around there. They'll be in the hunt. Yeah, I'm man, should I jump back on this bandwagon? I don't
0: know. <laughs> this was a this was a good win. The Raiders I mean, this was a statement win, I think. Anytime you beat the Chiefs and your team that's kind of has some questions, that's a statement win. And and they beat the Chiefs by playing the Chiefs game, by outscoring them. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't I mean they, they it was it was a shootout and they won that shootout and Derek Carr played phenomenally. It was really cool to see Henry Ruggs finally get involved. He he did what we thought he could do. I mean, he had like two or three receptions, I think, which is not, he doesn't have the volume stats, but he had, he, yeah. he spread the field. I mean, he, he was that deep threat and it showed up and it, it made the difference, I think, in this game. Um, so it's cool to see that pick finally pay off for them. But overall, man, this Raiders team is playing well. I mean, they had, they had the time of possession. Uh, they won that battle. They, they did exactly what Gruden wanted to do and it paid off and they won by eight, um, 40 to 32 A really, really big win. i you know, I'm impressed by the, by this Raiders team and um there's been some questions but you beat a saints team who's got some talent you know granted they're they're missing michael thomas and drew Brees is not playing like peak drew Brees, but you beat a saints team that's considered pretty damn good and then you beat the chiefs you may be legit i mean this this may be a maybe we're looking at a dark horse afc contender here in the raiders
1: yeah I, i'm i'm on board i was on board before <laughs> yeah. the season i so know I, I know you're the conductor I mean,
0: It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I feel like they should have beat New England or not lost by as, as, as much, but um, you know their schedule coming up: Tampa Bay, Cleveland, the Chargers, who have looked solid, um, and then you got Denver, Kansas City again, and a few other teams. There's, this this is shaping up to be good for the Raiders. I think though they're over their schedule for the rest of the season. They'll probably make the playoffs, and it'll be interesting to see if they can go on a run.
1: Yeah. Well, tell us, we'll stay in the division uh, and uh, segue into your winner.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, I touched on it. The Chargers look pretty decent, but my main winner, I mean, it's the Chargers, but I got to go Justin Herbert, man. Mm -hmm. We tweeted it out during the game that he's proven the doubters wrong. This guy has been playing really well, and he's out there dueling with some of the best QBs to ever play and doing what needs to be done to put his team in a position to win. Are they winning? Not always. They're they're losing some comeback losses and, and not necessarily things that I would put on Herbert, um, but I mean, the dude jumped out to a 24 to seven lead against Tampa Bay. He led the Saints 20 to 10 at halftime. Lost to Mahomes in, in overtime by a field goal. Like he's competitive against the league's best, and he's doing everything you want to see from your young rookie QB who was thrust into action. Surprise, surprisingly, you didn't really expect him to play this season, um, and he's throwing 69 percent nice, 69 percent on the season, almost 1,200 <laughs> yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, 107 QB rating. Like. I don't know what else you want to see from a rookie quarterback. He's playing very well, and you know it makes me question. Like we're seeing Joe Burrow play well, we're seeing uh, Herbert play well. Where's my guy Tua at? Why well, I want to see some Tua. Well, He's
2: watching Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah, fit dice up teams. Yeah. I wish yeah. Tua play Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but
0: Herbert's really good, and he, I'm I'm not ashamed to admit I was wrong. I thought he was he was overdrafted by far um to me i think i had like a second round grade on him as a quarterback but he's playing really well and this chargers team kind of competitive not winning but kind of competitive
1: yeah i saw a tweet that i wish i could give credit i forget now but it it said you know justin herbert is going to be a very good quarterback for whoever coaches the chargers next year because Anthony Lynn has found ways to blow games. I think he he ran the ball like 15 times for 14 yards in the second half uh, on first down versus six passes or eight passes for like 86 yards or something like that. And when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who is playing really well and has a lead on Drew Brees, and then uh, you change the formula in the second half and decide to just play the clock game when you only have a 10-point lead, uh, that's a formula for losing a game and uh you got to keep the pedal to the metal especially against a good quarterback like drew Brees, who's you know not what we're used to seeing but is still clutch and still understands how to take what the defense is giving to him and how to move the ball down the field and uh you know obviously like you said i don't think that loss is on justin herbert i think it's more on anthony lynn and uh the rest of that chargers team they lost keenan allen early which didn't help but uh you know he looks very promising yeah all their losses really i mean could
0: be pinned on the coaching staff, I think, since Herbert's played. But, yeah, anyway, Dirk, go ahead. Yep.
2: He gives gives some credit to Pep Hamilton, uh, QB coach of the San Diego – or, excuse me, LA Chargers. He was Andrew Luck's quarterback coach at Stanford, offense coordinator during the Colts when Andrew Luck was there as well. So he knows how to coach a quarterback position, and he's doing a great job with Herbert, who was a guy who had all the tools, but we worry about his mechanics – his mental makeup, some of his processing, and he is looking phenomenal. They should have won that game in regulation if their kicker yeah. can make an extra point and also the field goal. So he should have never been in overtime to begin with. They're, yeah, it's the play calling. It's kind of confusing. I don't like it too much. I don't think Anthony Lynn gets fired unless something goes really wrong after, uh, during the season. Uh, he has done some good things there. But if there's anything... If there are such thing as good losses, which I don't think there are. But if good losses do exist, this is one of them. Let this well, team lose. Let this team lose. Let them get. They're obviously they're not a playoff contender, and they yeah. need a lot. They need a lot on the offensive line. They need a lot of help. So get some good draft picks. Get a left tackle. Protect your guy, and maybe next year you have a chance to contend.
0: Absolutely, and you know this is—if I'm a Chargers fan, this is exactly what I want to see. I know no fan enjoys losing, but you're seeing mm-hmm. flashes from your your quarterback of the future, and you're positioned in a in a hopefully a position to get a good draft pick and, and build around him moving forward. Yeah. So, absolutely, it's it's two overtime losses sucks. Like if you're a Chargers fan, you really want to see that win against the Chiefs. You want to see that win against the Saints, but at the same time. Um, you need he needs help like he needs some weapons keenan allen is great mike williams is great um eckler is great if he's out there he's hurt right now and uh old offensive line sucks. needs work so if you can yes. build around him this is going to be a good situation moving forward um speaking of of losing let's dive into the other side let's talk about losers uh, Durgan, who is your loser Let's of the week? I have a it. sneaky suspicion. I know who it is, but let the people know. If you need some some tissues, I think <laughs> I can Amazon Prime you some to wipe away your tears, but let us know what's going on in your world. here. It, with it, the is, it is
2: Prime Day, so I can use those. There but the loser are the San Francisco 49ers, because they suck, they got absolutely <laughs> embarrassed by the Miami Dolphins. And Miami Dolphins, they had a very basic offensive strategy. And that was throw the ball to 48 Brian Allen, a guy who's never played a defensive snap in his three or four years in the league. He looked absolutely overmatched. Totally embarrassing. Robert Sala did a terrible job game planning him. But a defense, I'll give them a small pass because that's the side of the ball that has a lot of injuries. Guys like Brian Allen shouldn't be playing. They built this team, have a defensive line to get to the quarterback. That's banged up. So, Okay, whatever. Shouldn't happen, but I can I can live with that. The offense didn't have anybody injured. They're the most healthy they've been all year, and they scored 17 points. Sure, Jimmy G did look really rusty. He wasn't pushing off his back leg at all. So he had those two interceptions that sailed on him. Total overthrows, and it took him out at halftime for his own good because that offensive line can't block anybody. And the offensive line was the strength of this team last year, that run game. And if they can't run the ball then Jimmy G is very limited to what he can do. He's a great off-play action and great on quick throws that are off-play of play action as well, or off-the-run game, or run sets. Two tight ends, two uh, running backs. And they can't do that when they're down 14-0 with four minutes left in their first quarter. So your 2-3 and three, and your five-game stretch to start the season was as easy as it can possibly be. And now you play the Rams, got the Patriots coming up, you the Packers coming up. Saying seahawks obviously twice still to play i wouldn't be shocked if this team somehow pulled together and got nine wins but i wouldn't be shocked if they won four or five games talent wise that shouldn't happen i think they finish at seven and nine eight and eight outside the playoffs but this team has to do some soul searching you know they, they since last year they have not been this outplayed this is a game that they lost reminds me of when they were bad when they were Starting seasons at 0 and 8 or 2 and 10, but not when you have a defending Super Bowl champion or defending Super Bowl appearing team, even if you are missing guys, you gotta nut up, sack up, whatever you gotta do. At least keep games close. Then you can run the ball, play decent defense. But they they just didn't show up Sunday, and it was embarrassing to watch. Um, I think the players are embarrassed as well. So hopefully they can respond. And it seems like a lot of their issues are not physical; it's not mental, not communicating. People are not running the right routes. People are dropping passes. Offensive line letting guys open, you know, get right by them because they think the guy next to them is going to cover. So I don't know. I don't know. This this Sunday will dictate this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I at least on defense, I think we all know the formula is. Uh, you either need at least one of the two. You either at least need cover guys to give the mm-hmm. the front time to get to the quarterback, or you need an elite front to get to the quarterback quickly to protect your your defensive backs. And right now, the 49ers don't have either uh, because of injuries, and that's a recipe for uh, a struggle of a game on defense. And there's you know you can try to scheme around it and protect guys, but uh, ultimately, if you can't get to the quarterback and you can't cover, um, you're going to be in for a long day. And as far as the offensive side of the ball, I think that just goes to show you how important those premier positions are, right? We talk about offensive tackle, offensive line, edge rushers, and quarterback being the elite positions that you have to have blue chip players uh, to really be competitive. And yeah, Kittle's fantastic. Uh, You know, Debo Samuel's very good. But without those cornerstone pieces, the team is still going to struggle. You know, we saw against the Eagles, Kittle had 15 catches for like over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns, and it still isn't enough. If you can't protect your quarterback, if you can't throw the ball, and you can't rush the quarterback, you're in a really tough position as a football team.
0: Yeah, and I don't even know if there's really an excuse there, especially on the tackles. There's Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey yeah. who are premier tackles, I think, in this league. Maybe not McGlinchey at this point, but he's young and he, he could be. Um, he's so. solid. He's solid. He's solid. You hope that this is, you know, a wake up call and not a sign of things to come moving forward. Really, if you're a Niners fan, because you cannot continue to drop games in the in the NFC West. Um, and if you're fighting for a wild card spot, the NFC is still competitive, right? So it's uh, it's you're gonna need a quick turnaround here next week, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, everybody can kind of get things together and you. You definitely need Jimmy to play like Jimmy and not 15.7 QB rating, whatever whatever that yeah. was that we saw on the field um, this past game. So hopefully you can pick it up and, and uh, we'll see what happens with the Niners fans there. Casey, let's dive
1: into your loser of the week. Who do we got from your end? Yeah, I've got the Vikings, who actually have been playing pretty well. They beat the Texans last week. They had a competitive game the, the week before. They're playing better, but they're still losing games and uh they're one and four now they're at the bottom of the nfc north Uh, that's a tall hill to climb sort of like the the niners obviously the niners have one more win on them so that helps them a little bit but uh, to go from one and four to competing for a playoff spot in the nfc is going to be tough a that's a big ask and um rush for the to the Seahawks for driving at 94 yards or whatever it was in the rain in two minutes, um, but I'm down with that fourth fourth down conversion attempt from Mike Zimmer. Uh, I think you know that regardless of whether you kick the field goal or not, Russell Wilson is probably going to drive that ball down and he's probably going to score a touchdown. So you try your best to, you know, not let that happen. You've been running the ball pretty well even though Dalvin Cook hasn't been in and. And, uh, you know, you don't even need a full yard to get a first down and just finish that game. Don't even give Russell Wilson the chance of of driving down the field. And it, it didn't work out, but I'm down with the decision. But now the Vikings are just in a tough spot in the NFC. They, they've they got to really string together a few games here to, to
2: bring themselves out of the the pit that they're in. We just talked about have, how important it is, the trenches, having good defensive and offensive linemen. And right now the Vikings don't have it. I mean, Daniel Hunter, uh, he's been banged up, hasn't played this year. They got Ngakwe, but their defensive tackles are horrendous. Their offensive line is not good either. So this team is going nowhere fast. I don't think they're a team that needs to rebuild, but they definitely need to reconfigure this team with not much cap space uh, in the future.
0: Yep, I agree with both of those. Um, I'll move on here to my loser. So my loser, I mean... I, I, I'll kind of sum it up as the 0-5 teams. Um, there's three left in the league. Two are in New York. we got the Giants and the Jets. And the uh, the other one is the Falcons. One of these three is not like the other, in in my opinion, right? Uh, and that's the Falcons. There's no reason for this team to be 0-5 from a talent perspective. We've touched on it already a little bit on the podcast, so I won't go into too much detail. But to lose a game to a, to a team in your division that basically kind of cements your season as lost and the rest of the teams in your division are all fighting for that top spot at three and two um really sucks right so if you're a falcons fan you're just looking towards the future at this point um you know another week another falcons loss it's probably what it's going to be the <laughs> motto for the rest of the season and and that's just kind of how things are going to be for uh for this lost season in atlanta but uh future might be bright so we'll see what happens there let's move on to our week six games of the week the first game of the week we
1: have is the browns at the steelers yeah the miles garrett uh i don't know if it's a revenge game but uh reappearance game since he was suspended for uh taking off his helmet and swinging it at people um he's playing really really well this year um hasn't had any incidents but uh, we talked about the steelers a little bit already so I'll, i'll skip over most of that but for me, the Steelers haven't been been very convincing. They haven't played very high quality opponents, and the Browns have. You know, they lost to the Ravens in Week One, but they've taken care of business against the Colts now, who is uh, they have a very strong defense as well, and they still put up over 30 points. Uh, the Browns are running well, even though Nick Chubb is out, and uh, you know Stefanski is four and one now. So I, I think that the Browns have the formula to beat the Steelers. Uh, Baker Mayfield is playing better uh, he had a couple interceptions against the Colts that uh, put them in a little bit of a sketchy spot but um other other than those two throws I think he, he played a really strong game and made some really accurate throws and uh you know that the, the run game is is really interesting to me that that's the the breakdown for this week on YouTube if you're interested in seeing the, the run game schemes from Stefanski and how they use counter and uh some wide zone looks. um you can go check that on the YouTube channel. But I'm taking the Browns 30-24 to 24 over the Steelers.
2: Well-ran organizations do not lose to the Browns at home. Steelers are a very well-ran organization. I don't trust Baker Mayfield enough to keep his hot streak. He's been playing very well, but I just can't bet on him. his performance. Steelers rebound after a poor defensive performance against the Eagles. Steelers offense too much. 31-21 Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is we're rehashing things that we talked about already, but I don't I don't know if this Steelers team has really been tested yet. I mean, you beat the Giants, you beat Denver by 5, which is not looking like a good team and is facing a bunch of injuries. You beat Houston by 7, you beat Philly. All of these teams have massive problems. Like every single team that the Steelers have beat this season has has had big problems, either both personnel injuries, coaching changes, Lots of problems, and it'll be interesting to see the Steelers face a team that I think is in a good position and is winning games. I know you don't trust Baker, but you don't really need to trust Baker. This team is winning games by running the ball well, and I think they're going to have a good game. It'll be competitive. I think this will be a fun one, but I'm going to say Browns 33, Steelers 27. Browns take it home um, in this one. Let's move to the next game here. Bears at Panthers. Two surprising teams this year. Uh, What do we think happens?
1: Yeah, I think the, the Panthers are playing well right now. They've won three in a row now without uh, Christian McCaffrey. They kept it a little bit close against the Falcons. Uh, Mike Davis really looked good. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater started to put together some drives. DJ Moore has a lot of speed uh, and had a long touchdown. And on the flip side, the Bears just keep, finding ways to win, despite all logic. I, I don't think I've picked the Bears game correctly all year. <laughs> uh, I finally threw them a bone against the Colts and said, you know what, fine, I believe, and then they went and lost. So, uh, you know, they're, they're a hard team for me to figure out, and it really kind of all depends on fools to me, but he's been up and down and on the other side, Bridgewater has been pretty consistent. He's not going to wow you, but he's probably not going to lose you the game as well. Um, so because of that, I'm going with the more steady team uh, and the team that I think has a little bit more
2: firepower on offense with the Panthers winning
1: 24-13 to 13 over the Bears.
2: I'm with you as well. I have not been right on the Bears game yet. Uh, I don't think they're even that good, but hey, they're 4-1. and one. So I'm going to give them some credit. I'm going to pick them to win 24-21. I ultimately think that defense is a lot better than anything the Panthers have seen so far. The Panthers' offensive line might be their one weakness on offense. Robbie Anderson looks great. They had a huge game from Moore. He said Mike Davis. Bridgewater looks fantastic, but the Bears' defense too much. Nick Foles starts to play better in his third game as as a starter.
0: Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to stick with the Panthers on this one as well. I'm going to say the Panthers win this. I'm, I'm deeming this the battle of the Mats. We got Matt Nagy and the Bears against Matt Rule and the Panthers. Um, I really like what I've seen from the Panthers the past few games. And it's surprising. Both these teams are surprising. But I think I like what I'm seeing from the Panthers more than what I'm seeing from the Bears. Um, Teddy's getting into a groove. The offense maybe looks better with Mike Davis. I, eh, I don't know. Might, I yeah. mean, I don't know. like Not,
2: not as dependent on one guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're opening things up a little bit more. I mean, Teddy looks better without Christian McCaffrey, which is odd. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. My gut says Panthers on this one. This could go either way, I think. It'll be an interesting matchup because both these teams have sort of overperformed expectations thus far. But um, the Panthers are rolling. They've won three straight. I, I could see them making it four against this Bears team. All right. What do we got next? We got the Packers at the tampa bay buccaneers casey you want to you want to start us off on this one and give us your spiel as to why i already know who you're going to pick i think the world knows (laughs) you're going to pick the packers but
1: but tell us why well it's a a homer pick and i think the packers are just a better team overall um but uh, the bucks have all the tools on paper they look like a fantastic team Uh, but when i've watched them they haven't looked all that impressive Um, Tom Brady is making some mistakes that offensive line really struggled against the Bears. Um, I mean they had a couple drives that uh, were completely killed by sacks and penalties. Um, They had some really bad mental mistakes uh, on that Thursday night game against the Bears and they just haven't looked like a complete Team, They've had to, you know struggle back into games. They haven't looked as dominant as you think they should. And uh, the Packers, on the other hand, have, even despite injuries to Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark, who should both be back after this bye week. Um, I think the Packers are just more a complete team and playing better right now. Um, So we finally get our Rodgers versus Brady duel that everyone wanted in the Super Bowl for a number of years uh, and never happened because the Packers always found a way to collapse against the 49ers or the Seahawks or some other NFC West team, the the Cardinals, a couple times uh, in the playoffs. Um, So now we get it now in Tampa Bay, and I I think the Packers are just rolling right now. Coming off a bye week should uh, help them a lot as well. I have the Packers winning 34
2: to 26. You just said it. Coming off a of bye week, uh, they are the healthier team right now, assuming Adams and Clark are back. I don't know who's going to be playing for the uh, Buccaneers offense. Uh, Evans is banged up. Godwin's banged up. Fournette's banged up. If they're full strength, I think I would take the Bucks at home. But since they're not, I'm going to go Packers 31-30. Very close game. Crosby field goal at the, win, at the end to win it. Calling it my shot.
0: Nice. There <laughs> so we go. I have a motto for this one, and I'll keep it short and sweet. If Devontae is back, I'll take the pack. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my motto one. here. So if Devontae Adams is back, I don't—I mean, like Durgan said, the this Bucks team, even when they were healthy, like, uh, sort of underperforming. Like, like, expectations were sky high, and they're not necessarily playing up to them. But they're not healthy on top of that, and uh, Mike Evans being hurt— Chris Godwin being hurt; those are big losses, and we haven't seen much from Rob Gronkowski. OJ Howard's looked decent. Yeah, um, hurt. But oh, OJ Howard's hurt too. Towards ACL or Achilles? Oh, excuse me, Achilles. Yeah. Oh, that's even worse. A couple weeks gone. Oh, Cameron sucks. Braid's good um, though. Cameron Braid's solid, and maybe we see Gronkowski finally do something. I don't know, but I, I got to take the pack on this one. They're rolling. I mean, and then coming off a of bye week, everyone's healthy. Aaron Rodgers is playing at pro- probably matching the best that he's played in his career. I would say. Um Mm -hmm. definitely at an MVP level. If it weren't for Russell Wilson, he'd probably be the odds on favorite right now. So I gotta take I gotta take the Packers. Thirty-six, Bucks twenty-eight. I think the Bucks stay in it, but they won't stop the Packers. Let's move on to our last regular matchup. We got the Chiefs at the Bills. Casey,
1: take it away. Yeah, I am gonna go with the Bills. And uh if they you know we're recording before the the Titans Mm -hmm. game here. Um, so if they look like poo-poo against the Titans all of a sudden, then uh, maybe we'll have to reevaluate this pick. But from everything I've seen, Josh Allen is playing fantastic, um, and the Chiefs have looked lackluster for a number of weeks now. They, they've won a couple of the games, but they struggled against the Chargers, who, is, who are an inferior opponent. Uh, I know Durgan believes that the Raiders are an inferior opponent, yep. and uh, they lost to them as well. They didn't look super convincing against the, the Patriots, So, they're not the juggernaut, undefeatable team that uh, maybe a lot of people think they are. And I think the Bills have a really strong defense, and they have the tools on offense to exploit their secondary uh, and their linebackers. So I'm going to take the Bills. I think they just have better matchups, and uh,
2: I have them winning 38 to 30. I've been all about the Bills this year, but the Chiefs played so bad last week that I can't see them playing that bad again them winning 34 31. Two extra days to prepare for this game. Uh, obviously, the Bills are playing on Tuesday night, which doesn't mean too much, I guess, because they gain extra. They play Monday night now. But that gives Andy Reid two days to prepare. Uh, Josh Allen is a stud, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes did not play good against the Raiders, in my opinion. I think he actually one of his worst games as a pro. I think he bounces back, uh, attacks them deep early and often also ceh Edward he hasn't done all that much since the first game i think they want to reestablish that run as well yeah
0: i gotta stick with the chiefs mm. on this this is gonna be a hard game to pick the bills in my opinion the chiefs have been doing sort of like an every other week type of thing it's very weird like yeah they've won the first four games but they came out hot beat the uh, texans th- 34, to 34 to 20 34 to 20 they came out and beat the Chargers very unconvincingly after that, didn't play phenomenally. Then they came out and they said, hey, we're the best team in the AFC, and they beat the Ravens. Um, then they came out and they barely, I mean, they, they beat the, the uh, Patriots by a solid amount, but it was a, it was a rough game overall. Um, so, I don't know, they're kind of every other week-ish and... And uh, I think they're gonna bounce back. They they got a chip on their shoulder after losing the way they did to the Raiders. And I don't think there's a chance the Bills can take this one. I'm I look, I'm not a believer in the Bills, and I, I told you I will die on the Josh Allen as average <laughs> hill. Um and this is when we will start to see him regress to the mean slowly, and it will happen against a team that will take an early lead and force Josh Allen to make plays through the air. So we'll see we'll see what happens. The Bills have been playing phenomenally, yes, but josh allen not a believer and we'll okay Casey case you said it we haven't seen them play against the titans that's happening in like an hour here from when we're recording yeah. so let's you know i don't know i'm i'm skeptical to make a take. <laughs> hedging a little bit i'm hedging a little bit here because if he comes out and blows out the titans and throws like four touchdowns like he did the other week you know then i i, I could come off as stupid but if he comes out and plays like very average, I'm you know I'm the guy who said that he's going to regress to me, so it's you know it's a tricky situation. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, don't think they'll match up well against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs take this thirty-four to twenty um, and continue on their dominant season. Let's go to our last game of the week. We got the Toilet Bowl. This is going to be a very very fun NFC East matchup. Cannot wait. So excited to see Washington football team play the New York Giants,
1: Casey. How excited are you for this one i'm pretty pumped we talked about last week how the dallas defense is a cure for an alien offense and boy was it for the the new york giants they made the giants look like a competent offensive football team and uh don't let that fool you because they are not this is a battle of two pretty awful offenses uh but the mismatch for me is the washington defensive line against the new york offensive line who's very very shaky um, I don't think the Giants will be able to get much going on the ground, so that means Daniel Jones is going to have to be Danny Dimes, and I think he's more like Danny Nickel right now. Ew. And uh, Alex Smith, if he starts, I think gives the, the Washington football team a little bit more pop. Uh, even if Kyle Allen starts, I, I, I think they should be okay. They don't have a ton of weapons, but I still have a little bit more faith in that team than I do the Giants. So I have the, I have the Washington football team winning 23-13. to 13.
2: I am going Giants 17-16. Maybe the Giants are more inspired after they almost beat the Cowboys and they proved themselves. Okay, maybe our offense isn't terrible and then we actually have some decent skill guys out there. And uh, they can have one again eventually. They're at home. So, why not? Go Giants. Win that game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Really analytical there. there you I go, love yeah. it. Um, I'm going to pick the Giants as well. Yeah, I, I, I you know... Okay, Danny Dimes, Danny Nickel, that's Danny great. And all. But I think he's more comfortable in the situation he's in, the scheme, the system, the players he has around him than Kyle Allen or Alex Smith will be coming into one of their first few starts on the season. Um, so I just have more. Uh, the mismatch for me, I think, is actually Danny Danny Dimes. I think he plays well enough for the Giants to secure this win. Um, that being said, I think this is going to be one of the ugliest games of the week. Just overall, I mean. I don't anticipate a really high-scoring affair. I think the Washington defensive line gets to to Daniel Jones quite a bit, um, but then I don't anticipate Washington doing anything on the other side too tremendous that will uh, will allow them to score significant points. So I'm going to take the Giants. I'm going to say 17 to 13 um, win against the, uh, the, the Washington football team. I'm, it's so hard not to say Redskins. I keep it keeps like. It's on the tip of my tongue, and then I have to say Washington football team. They need to pick a new name. They cannot yeah, football keep this. team.
2: Yeah, it's not fun to say. Like, if they had Red no. Wolves or Red Tails, that's easy. But football team, like, that's just lame.
0: It is lame. They need a new name. This is a big opportunity for them to rebrand. I don't know what they're thinking.
2: Well, they need a lot of help, so... I don't know. Vasco's yeah. well, 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 first we'll, on the list.
0: We'll, uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's high on our priority list. Clearly, we care a lot about it. Um, <laughs> sarcasm. We don't care. Uh, anyways... That is going to wrap things up here on episode 60 of the Weekly Spiral. Thank you so much for sticking with us and tuning in. Please check us out on our website, weeklyspiral.com. You can also find the latest and greatest in video content Casey's producing on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash weeklyspiral. Um, a lot of cool stuff up there. Before we head out, Casey, do you want to plug people on what is coming up?
1: Yeah, the Browns are back, and they're running the ball a lot, and they're leading the league in rushing right now, even above the the Ravens or any other, uh, I don't know, run-first teams that you can think of. Uh, They have something like 950 yards through uh, five weeks, uh, like around 188 yards per game they're averaging. So if you want to see some of their schemes and how they're getting that done, uh, you can check out the Weekly Spiral YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Spiral. Awesome. Looking forward
0: to that. Dergan, what about you? Any content you want to let the people know about? Yes.
2: Staying in the state of Ohio, I was a scouting report on the Ohio State Buckeye guard, Wyatt Davis, future first-rounder.
0: Nice. Awesome. Looking forward to that. This has been a Weekly spot of production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome, and we will catch you here same time next week for Episode 61.